I'm Andrea Worley, and you're listening to Episode 8 of the Flourish Together podcast. She is more with Kristen Dalton-Wolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to say a big thank you to you guys for sharing with your friends, listening in, tagging me while you're listening. It's been so fun to see your guys' response to this show. And as of this episode, we have already surpassed 500 downloads. We actually have 600 downloads, a little bit over 600. And that is all because of you guys. So thank you so much. Keep sharing, keep listening. And I wanted to share a little review um, of somebody who left a review on iTunes. This one is from Jacqueline underscore NH, and it says, a favorite new podcast. I just found this podcast and listened to all the current episodes. I love the content Andrea discusses, and her guests have been so great. I can't wait to hear more. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I'm so glad that you are listening in, and it's reviews and ratings just like that that help the podcast get noticed. So I'm really appreciative to you guys who are jumping on iTunes after you listen and hitting that rating and giving a little bit of a review. And Jacqueline, if you're listening, I hope you are. Um, Head on over to my website, andreamworley.com. Hit the contact button and send me a little message and let me know that I read your review on the podcast and I will send you a $5 Starbucks gift card as my way of just saying thank you for submitting your review and listening and following along. So today's episode is with Kristen Dalton-Wolf. I have been a huge fan of Kristen's for many years when I first saw her cross the Miss USA stage and take the Miss USA title many years ago. And she has just been a big inspiration for young women um, for many years. And I'm excited for you guys to listen to her message about self-worth and your worth in Christ. And she has a ministry called She Is More. She also has a book of the same name. And we're going to get into all that in this episode. So listen along. I know you're going to be encouraged with what Kristen has to say. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. Today, I'm excited to join in on a conversation with Kristen Dalton-Wolf. And Kristen, you probably know her as a former Miss USA, but she's also a very well-known speaker and author. And Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So I know you mostly as a former Miss USA, and I've been following you for a while now um, through your social media and your ministry, She Is More. But for those of you that are not familiar, people that are not familiar with you, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about you. Uh, okay. Well, um, you did a pretty good job of your introduction. Uh, but let's see. I live in Los Angeles. I'm originally from North Carolina. I've lived in LA now for 10 years, which is so crazy. I moved out here right after my year as Miss USA. And I met my husband at a Bible study. 
uh, a few years after that, we've been married almost six years. We have a one and a half year old daughter and we have a little baby boy on the way that he's due in May. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. So yes. To step into life with two kids. I have two kids, also a boy and a girl. Oh, in the same order that you're having yours. Wow. I've heard good things about it. What do you think? Girl as the oldest. I always envisioned the boy being the oldest. So it's a little bit of a switch on me. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, my kids are almost three years apart. So they have a pretty wide age span. So when my son was a baby, um, you could really feel the age difference because my daughter was about two and a half, a little over two and a half when he was born. But now that they're older, they have like such a good sibling friendship. Um, they definitely have their moments where they don't want to be around each other, but for the most part, they're pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. Does it, having the girl the oldest, does it, does it make them, I don't know, do you feel like your daughter is like a strong leader, independent type girl? Um, she definitely is with her brother in their sibling relationship, but not so much when it comes to um, her okay. friendships, I've noticed. So that is an interesting dynamic, um, which brings up a whole conversation for me as a mom to totally. want to teach her to be really strong and a leader and really be strong in her convictions and the things that we're trying to teach her. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Not every not every girl's the same. Not every woman is meant to be this like strong leader. So maybe it's okay. She's soft, gentle, feminine, kind. Yes, definitely all those things. Um, so I want you to tell us about your ministry, She Is More, and what inspired you to start it. Uh, okay, so I was raised a Christian my whole life, believing believing in Jesus. We went to church and Sunday school every Sunday. Um, my mom would send us to school, like reading devotionals in the morning. Uh, and so faith was always a really big part of my life. But it wasn't until after my year as Miss USA, after I moved to Los Angeles, I was working in the entertainment industry, trying to like, you know, maintain the same kind of success that I did as Miss USA because I just felt a lot of pressure, not only from like, not really as much from other people, but mainly just on myself. Um, and I was just going through another cycle of feeling discouraged, kind of depressed, down on myself, um, which I think a lot of women who are performers and perfectionists and achievers tend to go through. We tend to like hate ourselves a lot. <laughs> um, and someone said to me for the first time, it was a guy actually, which is really cool how men have the power to speak life into women. But he said, um, Kristen, don't you know that you are a daughter of the king? And in that moment, it was a complete paradigm shifting moment because all my life I had been striving to become something. And in that moment, I realized all along, I already was exactly what I wanted to be. And that was, I mean, royalty. Since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a princess. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. I actually am a princess. Um, and so I got really passionate about diving into that journey of what it means to be royalty. Like, what does God say about us? What are his promises? What is the power we have access to? What is um, the purpose that he's called us to? And that looks different in every season. Um, and so that's what led me to start sheismore.com because I just really noticed 
there's such a common theme among women. Um, and I think um, a lot of the issues that we struggle with all originate from a lack of, a lack of self-worth. And the Bible says she is more precious than rare jewels. She is priceless. She is invaluable. And I was just like, let's just, let's start with that. Let's start with what God says about us. Let's get to the root of the issue. And so, yeah, that's what inspired me. And now, um, that started with a blog like six, seven years ago. Now I've written three books. My most recent one is the sparkle effect. And I have a women's ministry here in Los Angeles. That is just amazing. And I love it. So yay! I love that. And I love everything that you talked about. Cause I think as women, the self-worth topic or the maybe not feeling good enough or all the above is probably something that we all struggle with and may continue to struggle with depending on certain season or things that happen to us or decisions that we make. But I love that you're spreading this message because I feel like even if I would have learned this even earlier on in my teen years or twenties, early twenties, um, how much more different may the seasons of my life have been. Um, so I love that you are spreading this message of self-worth and what God says about us as women and daughters of him. It's so true. It's, it's, um, and that's really why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I have put in so much work and time and blood, sweat and tears and heartbreak to getting the, the freedom and the breakthroughs that I have. And, you know, when we hear about sin and bondage, like, I feel like a lot of times I used to think like I didn't really have a testimony because I never, re I was never addicted to drugs. Like I never really struggled with alcohol. I, you know, didn't have a sex addiction or anything crazy like that. But what I realized is actually I was, um, in bondage to myself and that real freedom comes from the inside. It's like the, the heart freedom, freedom of the heart, not struggling with, struggling, struggling with things like insecurity and inferiority and intimidation and uh, feeling depressed and jealous and uh, purposeless. Um, so I'm, I'm just like, man, if we can get free of those things and we can actually enjoy the life that Jesus died to give us. And um, I'm like, man, if girls in their teens could learn this, then man, they would, they would just, they would make better choices. They would like themselves. They would only date guys who treated them respectfully. Um, so yeah, I would just love to see a wave of girls uh, knowing who they are. Yeah. I love that. So you mentioned your new book, the sparkle effect. It was released last October. Uh, and in your book, you talk about that, uh, the sparkle effect is stepping into your true identity. Can you expound upon that and tell the audience a little bit about your, your book? Yeah. So the sparkle effect, the whole concept really emerged from my story of competing for Miss USA. Um, I was not a front runner. I wasn't on anyone's radar. Like in the pageant world, you have, uh, I mean, it's a whole subculture, just like any sport where you have spectators and critics and people making lists of predictions. And I wasn't on any of them except for my mom's and mine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, since I was three years old, I felt like 
well, since I was three, I was like, I'm going to be Miss USA one day. Cause we would watch Miss USA, Miss America in our house every year. Like it was a holiday. Um, I have three younger siblings. We'd sit around the TV, we'd eat popcorn. My dad was in on it too. And every single time it got to the final two where the girls were holding hands, I was so sucked in to that moment. And even when I was like three, four, five, and six, when they announced the winner and she had her huge emotional winning reaction, I would cry with her. And, you know, those women uh, on, on stage were role models to me and they inspired me. And so I was like, I want to be like that for a little girl one day too. And so I was like, I'm going to be Miss USA one day. Um, but it wasn't until I was like in the, I was in the seventh grade. I was 12 years old. We had moved to a new town and, um, I was the new girl at school right before I, our first day I had, I had cystic acne, a whole face full of acne on my, um, on, that had broken out, um, on my chest and my back I had a short haircut that my mom cut because she, she's not a hairdresser. I was inspired by Cameron Diaz and something about Mary, but it did not look like that. Um, I had braces. So I was in this, uh, just, I found myself in a phase of life where I didn't have friends. The boys that I thought were cute called me disgusting or tomato face. I did not feel pretty. I did not feel confident. Um, I was like, man, like all these circumstances definitely do not point to the fact that I would ever be Miss USA. Um, but I made a decision that I was going to believe that little voice inside of me, that quiet voice, instead of like what I was seeing in the mirror and the way that I was being treated instead. And we all have that choice. We can either listen to our creator or our critics. And, um, so I just, I decided to act like I believed what he said, that A, I was worthy of my dream, even though it didn't feel like it, and B, it was going to happen. And so even when I was competing for Miss USA, um, though I wasn't on anyone's prediction list, I was on God's radar. And so I just want people to, to realize that too, like who, for all of your listeners that, I mean, you, I feel like I've been through so many um situations in my life where I felt so overlooked. Um, yeah, just overlooked, not chosen, not picked. I'm like, hello, don't you see me? And I feel like in those situations, we can really just find ourselves kind of bowing out or sabotaging or quitting because we're like, well, no one else is affirming that I should be doing this. So why should I? Um, but just because you're not on people's radar doesn't mean you're not, not on God's radar. And you just have to believe that little voice within you and keep going. Because really, the people who win in life are the people who just don't quit. So that night, the night of Miss USA, shocked everybody. A dark horse rose up and won. And uh, the head judge came up to me afterwards. And she's like, hey, Kristen, I just wanted to let you know that after they announced the top 15 tonight, all the judges leaned into me and they were like, how do we know who to pick? All these girls are pretty. And she was like, oh, you're going to see it in a girl. It's the girl who sparkles. It's in her eyes and in her smile. And she was like, and then after the commercial break, they all leaned back into me and they were like, Shani, we see the girl you're talking about. We see the girl who sparkles. And she goes, Kristen, that girl was you. 
And I was like, oh, well, I was on my winning high. So I'm like, well, praise the Lord. So glad it worked out. You know, I didn't really think too much about it until I moved to Los Angeles after my year as Miss USA. And I started working in the entertainment industry. I started coaching girls and their confidence and identity um, and their dreams. And I started my women's ministry. I started judging pageants myself. And I began to see firsthand what that head judge was talking about. Um, and a lot of people refer to it as the it factor. It's like this thing about a woman, this aura, this radiance. Um, and we've all heard about it, but like it has never been defined. <laughs> it's this like mysterious, vague, untouchable, invisible concept and quality. And the problem with the it factor is it just leaves girls to quote, fake it till they make it or to turn it on. And I had a lot of people tell me to fake it till I made it while, when I was in my competing days. And it was confusing because one, you have people telling you fake it till you make it. Then you have people telling you just be yourself. And you're like, great. What version of myself should I be? <laughs> um, and who really am I? Who do you want me to be? Um, and so it can be really confusing and just set us women up to think that our projected personas is somehow better than our true selves. And then we actually don't even know who our true selves are because we're so busy trying to please everybody and impress everybody. Um, and so I was like, what? So what is it? So I decided to just study and break down that it factor. And I call it the sparkle effect because I believe that every woman has it within her because it says in the Bible that we are called to be like a light, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And we would not be called to be something that we didn't already have access to. So it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of uncovering the layers and letting his light shine through us. I love that. And what really, there's a couple of things that resonate with me in, in what you just talked about. Um, the first is that I love how open and honest and vulnerable you are about the things that you've been through or struggled with and how you've kind of waded through these seasons of your life. Because I think, um, you know, it can be really easy as an onlooker to think like, Hey, your life has been super easy. You're a former Miss USA or you've done X, Y, and Z and everything is great or perfect. And I love that you're just being honest about your own struggles in uh, this journey, because this really is a journey for you and a personal lesson that God has brought you through and taught you. Mm -hmm. And the second is that I love that you are taking this, the idea of the it factor and just allowing God to redeem that for his glory and talking mm -hmm. about the sparkle effect and everything that you were just saying, because I really believe that everything in this life God can redeem as long as it's surrendered to him. And I can just like hear in your voice and see just in kind of following you, me as a follower of your work and your ministry, how you really surrendered this and really allowed God to, to use it for his glory. Mm, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm trying. Um, so recently you posted on um, social media about some of the suffering and the trials you've been through uh, lately and how your own book, The Sparkle Effect, really kind of helped you through a difficult season. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Mm. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was funny because in the middle of launching and releasing my book, um, first of all, the whole process is so grueling. I did, I did most of it on my own with, you know, no publicity team or marketing official, like professional marketing in place or anything like that. So I was just kind of like fumbling my way through. <laughs> um, and through it, it really like, it really stirred up some stuff in me that I guess was dormant that I thought was gone. And I started feeling some of the same feelings I felt before, like, I feel like a failure. I feel like some people in life are born winners and I'm not one of them. I'm just trying to like pretend like I am. Like I'm trying, I almost felt like an imposter, you know? Um, like I was trying to force something that wasn't actually meant for me. Um, so yeah, I just had this overwhelming feeling of like, just feeling like a loser sometimes and feeling like a failure. Um, and then aside from that, uh, the season leading up to the, my final edits of the book, uh, there was a whole year where Chris and I and our family just went through trial after trial after trial. Um, and it just felt like there was no breathing room. There was no relief. And I was just like, man, people are going to see this title, The Sparkle Effect, and be like, forget sparkling. I just want to survive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to get through the suffering. And so I was like, I want to scrap this book. I'm going to write a book on suffering and surviving. Um, but then through, through kind of like my bitterness that, I, that was creeping in, I found a verse um, that says, those who look to the Lord, their faces are made radiant. And the Hebrew word there for radiant is nahar, which actually translates more directly to the word sparkle. So. Love that. Yeah. So sparkling is not, doesn't, we don't sparkle if our lives are easy. Like we're not anointed for easy. We're anointed for hard. And I mean, it guarantees in the Bible that we will face trials. We will face we will share in Christ's suffering and his glory. But I think there's a lot of popular Christian messaging today that kind of makes us believe like, you know, I mean, so much of it is just like, God is good. If you're a Christian, he's going to bless you and provide for you and increase and declare, name it, claim it, all the things. And then I think that that mentality can kind of set us up for a really hard fall and a really hard crash when our idea of God is idealistic. And um, when we, we have even parameters and judgment on what a good God looks like and what we think a good God would do, <laughs> we're like, but a good God wouldn't do this. And it's like, well, that's not really up for us to decide, you know, because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so, um, yeah, I'm just learning that through all of the kind of, kind of the shocks and the major disappointment and the letdown and the trauma in life is about like, okay, what does trusting God look like? Am I going to turn to him or I'm going to turn, am I going to turn from him? Because it's when we turn to him that all those trials 
actually press out sparkle and glow. Yes, I love that. And that's why I think that this is such a relevant message for women of all ages and even everybody, not just women necessarily. So thank you for sharing that uh, with the listeners. Yeah, thank you for asking me. I, I, yeah, there's so much, so much to talk about around this topic. <laughs> it is. I'm going to transition a little bit um, okay. into some pageant talk um, because I, like yourself, um, competed in pageants for a really long time um, in my teen years and in my early to mid-20s. Um, I competed in the Miss America system when I got into college. Um, awesome. So with all the, I feel like pageants have gotten so much more press probably mm-hmm. in the last year mm-hmm. than maybe in a long time. So I know you're a, you're a coach and um, that's part of what you do as well. Mm-hmm. And just speaking from the perspective of a former Miss USA and knowing that whole world, um, what would you say to people, would you say that pageants are still relevant to this day? And if so, why? I think the most relevant, the most relevant part of pageantry is the preparation and the training that goes into it Mm -hmm. because you are really training. Like it puts you in this position where you, you have to take hard looks at yourself. You have to ask yourself deep questions like, why do I want to compete? What is my dream? Where do I see myself in five years? What am I good at? What is my favorite quote? What do I like to do? Like it actually, like it actually, um, gives you the opportunity to stop and to reflect and to look within yourself and be like, who am I really? Um, and there's two ways that I see girls going about this. Either one, you're like, well, I just want to like look really good on paper and impress the judges. So I'm going to just list all my accolades and say things that I think sound really good. And they like want to make their resume pop. So there's that direction and that angle, which honestly just comes from a place of lack and fear. And I used to be in that place. Like I just wanted to look really good. Um, I didn't really care about like necessarily reflecting on who I was. I was just like, whatever sounds awesome. Um, (laughs) and, um, but, but overall the, the growth and the development and the accomplishments and the things and the dreams that these girls, uh, not only, write on paper, but actually achieve in the process of competing for a title is so incredible and so remarkable. I mean, yeah. So I think the most relevant part, like I said, is the preparation. It really prepares you for life. It is training for reigning in life. Um, it's kind of like Girl Scouts for adults. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's like Girl Scouts plus Cotillion in one for older girls. Uh, yeah. And then I think once you, um, what the title holders can do and if they, if they really are business savvy and if they, um, really maximize on their position that winning the title can be extremely relevant. For sure. Uh, I love everything that you just said, because oftentimes um, I tell people the same thing. Some of the best life skills and life lessons that I have now in my life um, 
have come from being a competitor in pageants and the lessons that I learned and uh, all those types of things. Uh, so it's funny, I get this question a lot. I, I wonder if you get this question too with having a daughter is a lot of people ask me if I'm gonna, my daughter is eight and a half, if I'm gonna let her compete in pageants uh, right now at this age. And I mean, my answer is always no, um, not until she's a little bit older. Um, do you get that question a lot? I do get that question. And I was always like 100% no, mm -hmm. uh, because I just don't understand why little children could be impacted. <laughs> but now I have actually judged some systems like National American Miss and mm -hmm. USA National Miss, and they have really incredible programs for these young girls. And just being a judge and watching these like little, this like little five and six year old come in her little interview outfit, knowing how to dress, learning how to sit uh, with her hands in her lap, learning how to look someone in the eye, an adult in the eye, and to carry on a conversation. I'm like, these are wonderful skills. And it's not like these girls are pageant patty with their hair all teased and you're wearing mm -hmm. big lashes. No, they look like real children. Um, so um, on one hand, I'm like, gosh, I mean, it really is awesome training and training and training. But I don't know but if I, I don't know if I can my daughter not my daughter not win. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good what you said about depending on how they're being led uh, by their parents and and what other maybe influences are helping them in preparation. I think that that really is probably key and definitely makes a difference when you're talking about that. Yes, uh, one thing about pageants is. Man, it's so hard when it's just so hard that only one girl can win. Right. You know, like when, even when I judge, like I get so invested and attached to the girls. It breaks my heart when, when they're in the top five or the top 15 or they don't place at all. And I'm just like, but she's so awesome. And I think that, you know, the whole not placing thing, um, or being a runner up, like on one hand, it can really refine you, give you grit, fuel you, um, give you that determination and ferocity and backbone and thick skin. But on the other hand, I feel like maybe at a young age, it, I don't know if it would, for me, it was really hard even as a teenager. So I'm not really sure the effects it would have on a young girl. Right. And that's, that's definitely my concern. Um, because I, I felt the same. I started competing when I was around 16 and like you said, it either can refine you and make you stronger and give you a different perspective, or it can be really crushing. And I think that, I mean, as a parent, I think you just have to, only you're going to know your child's maturity or how they're going to handle things. Uh, so that's like a whole different piece of it. But um, I think you really have to guide them so that they understand uh, if they don't win, you know, here's the perspective we're going to have. And, you know, that, that what it says about you is nothing negative, you know? Oh, which is like, so, I don't know. It's one thing to say it. Mm -hmm. I never believed it when people said that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. like, it's all in God's timing. I was just like, that does not make me feel better. And I don't understand why his timing isn't now. So bye. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like that kind of encouragement just feels so trite in the moment. Yeah. 
for sure. Okay, I wanna transition a little bit. I always ask my guests at the end of our um, time together their read, watch, listen, follow uh, recommendations. So you, we can either do all of them or you know just one of them, whatever you'd like. But um, what is something that you are loving right now or feeling encouraged by? Um, uh, as far as reading, I love basically anything by Lisa Turkhurst, but um, her book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, is mm -hmm. off the freaking chain. Like, the metaphors, the insight, the wisdom, the depth is just shocking, like mind-blowing. So good. Um, and then I also love, and so does everyone else, uh, Present Over Perfect by Shauna Mequist. I'm in between, I'm reading those two books right now, and they're really, they complement each other really well. Uh, and they're very helpful just for, like, if you are in a season where you feel really hard on yourself or you do feel like you're failing or it does seem like there's this kind of gap between what you thought something was going to look like and what it actually does look like, <laughs> um, that's going to be kind of the premise of my next book. I just pitched it to my, my uh, agent the other day. So, uh, but these two books are so great to just speaking to that in the meantime love that i haven't read lisa's new book um but i have read present over perfect and you're right it's a really great book it really is it's good to reread too because i read it in the beginning of last year it didn't quite speak to me as much because i'm the kind of person where like i like beautiful writing and stories but i really really appreciate application and tools and I'm like cool how does this look in real life yeah <laughs> apply to me um but but reading it this year it's just so interesting how based on when you read something it can refresh your soul in a different way so I I'm just like appreciating it on a on a deeper level love that okay so if people want to connect with you online um where can they find you she is more.com or on instagram that's where I'm most active is instagram at Kristen J Dalton um, or my coaching page is at train to rain coaching. Um, or if they want to get any of my books, they're all on Amazon. Awesome. And I will leave links to, um, Kristen's books and her website in the show notes. So you guys can go to the show notes and check out this episode and find links to all that stuff. So thank yeah. you, Kristen, for joining me today for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I feel like my listeners are going to be really encouraged by this message as well. Oh, you're amazing. Just for even making this podcast happen, being a mom of two, Andrea. So way to follow your dreams not only as a mom, but also in your other callings as well. Thank you.